Productions. Algar Productions. You are listening to the Post Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode 254, covering Deadlock and Innocence with Amanda Smith. Hi, friends. No, you, you don't have to do that, Matt. The music does that. So. <laughs> it, it just does that. I know. You don't have to sing it each time. I'm, I'm helping. You're George Lucas helping. is going to yell at you. That's no, fine. Not. Hello, That's Matt. Not George, that has nothing to do with George Lucas. <laughs> no, the lightsaber noises. Ian McGregor. Oh, oh, right, right. I see what you're saying. You and you don't have to make the noises. Yeah, right. Apparently they had the same problem in um, Guardians of the Galaxy with uh, Chris Pratt. That's adorable. Chris pew, Pratt pew, is pew, adorable. Pew. The thing is, I have a lot easier a time picturing Chris Pratt doing it mm. than I do Ewan McGregor. Ewan McGregor. Uh, that's he, what makes it funnier. Yeah. So, you know. Okay. Uh, before we begin, mm-hmm. also Amanda's here, if you couldn't tell. Uh, you can tell because of the loudness of my voice. <laughs> yep. Uh, we have uh, a point of order here. We have a couple of pieces of mail here that mm. I wanted to uh, to read. Okay. Um, these are actually comments left on our website, postatomichorror.com, which is one way to reach the show. Another is postatomichorror at Gmail. A third way is fun. not to reach us. You could also do that, <laughs> but we like to hear from people. We do. You know we do. I do. Twitter. You know we like, uh, yeah, Twitter. Oh, yeah, we're, we're both on Twitter, uh, at Algar and at Robot Matt. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, we got a, we got a couple of comments, and if we just gotten one, I would have let it pass. But we got two of these, and I feel like I need to pass these on to you, Matt. All right. Uh, this one says, uh, "By the way, phage means a thing that devours, so it's a real word." <laughs> All right. And now here is another comment. That one came from Nathaniel. All right. Uh, this one comes from Barkeron, and it says, One minor thing, the term phage is not a made-up sci-fi word, but the name of a class of viruses that exclusively infect bacteria. Okay. Since it translates as eater, it's sort of kind of sensible leap to call it a necrotizing germ this way. All right. So, just so you know, the listeners are calling you out on your your jokes. Stop joking. Right, so in conclusion, phage is not a real thing. Good, okay. Yeah, I'm glad we settled that. Good. Uh, what one, what one... they don't know is that this just feeds you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's that? <laughs> What's that? <laughs> you, you say something isn't true? Mm-hmm. Well, now I'm going to do it forever. I just I, I feel like that couldn't wait till the supplemental. Yep. Which we have other mail that will wait until then. By it's the way, fair. that's that's coming up in a few episodes. If you want to write to us, we just told you how. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah, and more do. cover art. Uh, also that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, one final piece of mail I wanted to mention real quick since Amanda is here. Uh, this one says, uh, there's, there's a body of an email that I won't get into. Uh, but then it says, also, I really like Amanda Smith and Nathan Lajeunesse. Please have them on more. Okay. Wish granted. So that's Alice. Uh, unfortunately, Nate uh, has bad out for the near future. Uh, I'm sure we will lure him back someday. Yes. But uh, he's he's very busy. He's got some stuff going on in his life, and, mm-hmm. uh, and he will not be joining us. However- We're just going to invite him to our house and then chain him to a radiator and make him do post-atomic horror. That would be fine. That worked with me for the first year. Yeah. yeah. But uh, and now, now you're stuck. Yeah. <laughs> um, because I lured you in with the good stuff, and now mm-hmm. here we are. Oh. Um, uh, but but that does bring me to another point, 
which is uh, Nate. Nate will be uh, leaving us for a time. Like I say, I hope he comes back. We all enjoy Nate's company, including this listener, Alice, who wrote in specifically Alice has to say good that. good taste. Apparently yep. so. Um, and it's not, to be clear, it is not a real-life friend of you guys or something. This is just a listener who heard the show and said, these are the guests that I No, like. we don't just, know any Alice's. I would love to know an Alice, but... Uh, just really smart. Yeah. Um, oh, so smart and handsome and discerning. Yeah. <laughs> we, uh, we will be adding, because uh, we, we, just, we, we have certain requirements and certain things we like to do, we will be adding a new permanent guest to the uh, to the rotation, mm-hmm. it's become sausage fest. Yeah, it's, we we've had like we we don't have enough lady voices on the show, and uh, our friend Tidro, as it happens, also uh, known as Terrence. She she has a real name, but I'm not going to say what it is. I imagine Dave will in the uh, bumper. Uh, will be joining us uh, on a regular basis starting next week. Yeah, uh, and she'll be with us once a season to add a uh, a much needed uh, additional female perspective who is not married to either of us. Mm-hmm. And also, um, she is quite a fan of Harry Kim, so we can maybe hear somebody tell us why that guy doesn't suck. Yeah. But, uh, she'll, have to, she'll have to make a pretty compelling argument because I don't, I don't buy it. No. But uh, so Tidro, the the gauntlet has been thrown, and the fact that he has floppy hair is not a sufficient answer. That's not a character trait. That's a hair trait. I think it might be a character trait for him. Like when you get down to there being so little. Okay, but like in in a white empty field, a tiny dot seems like a, a feature. I I hear you, but when Seven of Nine shows up, if the reason you like her is because boobs, that's not enough. I'm sorry. It's true. It's a secondary characteristic. It's a nice thing to admire, but you you need more than that. Well, that chick is funny. I don't care about his hair boobs. <laughs> like we need more than hair boobs. I'm sorry. I need these hair boobs to make dinner. <laughs> to make my bread. <laughs> all right. So enough of all that. Let's move on to an episode written by Brandon Braga. Hooray. Uh, except I liked it. You did? Uh-huh. Which we will debate. Weird. Yep. All right. If you liked it. Please to be telling us about Deadlock, Amanda. Once again, I said, I don't really know Voyager episodes by title, so just pick me one at random. And this time, the cruel hand of fate drew me a Braga card uh, from the deck. And uh, now that I think of it, the Braga card is probably the one that goes over the rules of poker, because we're strapped in for at least three acts of painstaking explaining without making anything clearer. We open with Neelix passive-aggressing Ensign Wild Man into fixing his kitchen apparatus where he shows all his disgust at replicated food that a space hipster could muster. But if he's a hipster, why is his cooking so bad? I've been to lots of hipster restaurants, and their food is usually the best. Not a lot of hair. Naturally, since we're focusing on a heavily pregnant woman, uh, she's almost immediately goes into labor and is rushed to sickbay, like so much coughing, and then all of a sudden you have like a terminal disease. Uh-huh. Erstwhile, the captain is running away from the Vidians, who are doubtless out for Neelix's remaining lung, and she hits some kind of space storm, plasma, tornado, anomaly, whirlpool, what have you. Wild man's baby has alien horns on it, that vicious creature, and has to be beamed out of her. The operation is dangerous, but I'm sure it'll be fine because this is Star Trek and nothing really bad happens. And oh my god, there's a dead baby. Am I watching an excellent season, uh, one episode, uh, of Battlestar Galactica here? 
Uh, Voyager gets away, uh, but the ship's tires have sprung a leak. Bell tries to pump him up again, but this just makes things worse, and probably causes the Enterprise to explode again. No! <laughs> Everyone runs around trying to fix all the exploded up panels, and Harold gets sucked out in airlock. Wait a minute. This seems unlikely. And like it's going to result in everything being badly plotted and yet somehow fine at the end, isn't it? Am I actually watching a last season bad episode of Battlestar Galactica? (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Kess gets sucked into some kind of portal to another dimension with another Voyager, and the second ship is fine, and wild man's baby is alive, and now there are two Kesses. Is your mind not blown? <laughs> to keep things straight, let's distinguish the two Voyagers. We'll call it uh, Dead Baby Voyager and Live Baby Voyager. <laughs> In Live Baby Voyager... Cass, Bell, and Janeway embark on the first of many relentless, relentless explanations. They figure out how to contact Dead Baby Voyager, but they can't figure out how to stop the leak that's causing all the parallel universe troubles. The two Janeways eventually meet up, and badass Dead Baby Janeway says she'll blow up her ship to save Live Baby Voyager. She goes back to do this when the Vidians board Live Baby Voyager and take over the ship. So equally badass Janeway blows up the ship and orders Harold to take the live baby and book it back to dead baby Voyager, probably causing the live and dead baby wave and particle to collapse. (laughs) Harold tries in vain uh, to explain what happened and how he feels about it one last time. Sticky. (laughs) And secretly he relishes the fact that he must indeed be the most special boy because the captain chose to save him first. Yep. Him and a baby, the two most innocent people on the ship. (laughs) And worthy. Yep. Oh, oh, Mr. Kim, you're a special boy. Aren't you special? I do like that everyone's all invested in Wild Man. I'm not going to say it. Wild Man! Wild Man! Yeah, you guys know that that makes the show really hard to edit when you do that, right? (laughs) I did not! Because what I do is I run a thing that evens out your voice, and if there's one really loud point and everything else is kind of quiet, it's really hard to do that. So you, want me to go back you should just yell everything is what I'm go, saying. No, it's man. fine. I found another tool that fixes that. <laughs> anyway, um, she, uh, I, I like that everyone's into that. Like, uh-huh. like the, it's our baby, and everyone's like, this is the first, like, like bigger ships get this all the time, but we're really not this kind of ship, but we're stranded, and so like... There's someone having a baby. This is a big deal. And everyone, like, even Tuvok is yep. kind of into it. It's like, oh, a and baby I mean, to play with. No, not even that. We'll get to that in the next episode. It's just, like, our baby. Mm. Like, everyone says our, like, you know, the doctor, the doctor says especially, that and I love yeah. that. But it's like, this is, like, the community of Voyager is happening mm. because now they all have, they're all invested in, not everyone is now putting on a Starfleet uniform and helping. Now there's also a kid. Yeah. Like, I like that. I think that's cool. It's actually, um weirdly enough and against character type the baby is my good thing really oh my god yeah, um first off i like the look of it like it looks when it comes out of her it's all like gooey like an actual baby is mm. and it's got horns on it um oh, it's half an alien wasn't that matt's actual bad thing <laughs> that was my bad thing that poor woman <laughs> <laughs> but that's what i like i like when there are 
complications from interspecies breeding because mm-hmm. that makes sense if you have a vulcan and a human having a baby i'm oh. sure that they know how to deal with it but it, there's going to be some troubles they always gloss over that on the actual show and because mm-hmm. usually they want to focus on character and that's fine but like in some of the like novels and stuff i know like spock's world in particular they talk about how sarah and amanda wanted to have a baby but you don't just ha- like they had sex but you don't just have sex to have a baby with another species you have to do gene stuff and like there's a lot like surgery and crap no it was it was mostly gene mapping and like like very complicated making sure your dna is compatible Mm. which i like that and people who are not physically necessarily compatible as far as reproduction go are going to fall in love because they're all meeting each other and they work together and the implication is that um ensign wildman's uh say it right wild man Um, that the uh, the father of her kid, I'm not sure if they're married or not, um, is some like super alien guy because the baby's got horns, and that means that in a woman of his species, it, either the baby's gestated outside the body, or maybe the womb is like got armor plating or something, so yeah. she doesn't get tore up. Um, but we also have the doctor uh, beaming the baby. That over. I liked a lot. Me too, because I've all we've all we've talked about this before. Yeah, we talk about it a bunch. Why don't you just use the transport? Yeah. Just do that. No, it's he great. says that yeah, you can do it, but it can lead to some complications, which makes sense because anytime you're doing surgery to get a baby out, there's different. Yeah, I mean it's like that, that now with a C-section. Mm-hmm. This yeah. is just the future version of that. Yeah. So that makes sense. I thought it was cool that they kind of dug into that a little bit. Yeah. I agree. Um, one thing in particular, and I can't speak, to, I don't think any of us are qualified to speak to this. You may be a little more than us, but none of us know anything about babies or birth or anything. Oh. We don't know anything about birth and no babies. Amanda, you're a woman. <laughs> Explain to us what babies are. She, she knows feminist issues, and some of those intersect with reproductive issues, so she might know something. They like, you smell- do a lot of reading about women's stuff. They smell like an alley. I know that. It's all sour milk and urine. No, it's just because you're hanging out in dead baby alley. <laughs> is why <laughs> on dead baby voyager right no um there was a listener who wrote in some time ago i, I want to say three or four supplementals ago about how star trek deals with with uh birth mm-hmm. with giving birth and i'm curious if this episode uh supports her assertion that they do it badly or if it did it better like if if you are still listening listener mm. please write in and tell us because i'm i'm genuinely curious about that i like that we had a, a pregnant character sort of in the background for a while too like it wasn't just like I-, I joked about, well, we're focusing on her, so obviously she's going to give birth. But she's been pregnant for a while, and I like the, the, the sort of serial aspect of that. No, it's one of those, like, we didn't like the Tom Paris's hair is mussed up Ugh. running plot, and the Maki uh, uh, traitor thing was a little annoying. But, like, some of the other little background elements that eventually pay off, I kind of like, and mm. this is one of them. Um, anyway, Matt, you, so the bad thing for you was the baby. What, what, uh, I just think it's so horrible that this poor woman had a fucking horned baby living inside of her for what uh, turns out to be like 10 months. I don't think it actually hurt her with the horns, did it? I like, as soon as, as soon as you see it beam out and it's got those like three big ass horns on it, it says like, oh my God, why? (laughs) Yeah, but what kind of a God would allow such an abomination? But she at no point said. Oh my god, I'll be so glad to get this out of me because it's stabbing my organs. My organs! Oh no, my organs! <laughs> the Vidians aren't going to want her anymore. Oh, well, they won't. Good. Yeah. <laughs> this this female's organs are all full of stab marks, probably from a horrible baby. 
No, I, I, I'm, I concur with Amanda. I think you, I, 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 honestly, knowing you, I think you probably went with a joke answer here, and you probably like it too. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Nope, horrible, terrifying okay. baby. Fair enough. But and phage is not hand, a word. She decided to have the baby. It's yeah. true. She probably had to do some stuff to get the baby. And she decided to keep the baby. They did have a discussion about yeah. whether or not she should keep the baby, given the circumstances they're yeah. in. Now, do is her husband a crew member? No, like, she left no, him behind. He's, yeah, he's okay. he's he's in the, uh, the so they okay. So they've only been lost for less than a year. Yeah, like we'll yeah. we'll allow alien babies maybe gestate a little longer, but it's That's still been my less assumption. Than a year. It's, yeah. it's like ten months instead and of nine. And she would have yeah. been pregnant before this all happened. Oh, that's happened. true, too. So we might be back pregnant. down to nine months then. Because she said she wasn't sure at first, and right. then, so, yeah. I just, if it, we're almost at the end of season two. Are we really yeah. less than a year into their time in the Delta Quadrant? That's Must weird. Be. Sounds like it, yeah. I mean, I don't care. Unless but. it has an unusually long gestation period. Yeah. Which got, it could. Gotta have time for those horns to grow. I guess that's true. My horns grow, sir. <laughs> she probably had to have a lot of calcium. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All the yeah. time. Grow bones. Yeah. Neelix yeah. probably made her some special hair. Like, yeah. Calcium Neelix rich pr- hair. Neelix probably made her make some special hair. I, I will say, um, actually, when I was writing my summary, I remembered the scene completely incorrectly. Yeah. Because I was writing a joke about how there it was played for broad comedy that Neelix didn't know what to do, like Worf. But then I watched it again last night, and I was like, oh, no, he's being, like, really nice and supportive. He's mm-hmm. like, oh, good, you're having a baby. Let's get you to, uh, let's get you to sickbay. And he wasn't disgusted or wigged out or anything. So no, nope. Which just- is a contrast from when he thought Kess might have a baby. Yeah. Like, yeah, that actually... It's like, oh, no, a baby! <laughs> no, he oh, was no, like, my oh, baby. good, a baby! Yeah. This is our baby! No, it's not yours. It's everyone else's, but not yours. <laughs> you can stay I, away from this baby. Can my I baby. film a birth for my TV show? No. <laughs> <laughs> I've decided to change it to Up Late with Neelix. <laughs> He'll be on during the day. I'm up all night to get Neelix. <laughs> this will blow their minds. <laughs> oh. So that takes me nicely to my bad thing. Yeah. It is so completely braga to dangle the possibility of actual changes. Harry dying, Ensign Wildman losing her baby, and then hit a big stupid reset button. Mm. Nope, just kidding. I was totally with it, like with all of the bad oh, stuff the baby happening. Could've, they could have stuck with that. Mm-hmm. The second Harold died, I'm like, oh, okay, so none of this matters. And even if we didn't know that the character, like, even if we hadn't seen future episodes or, or clips from future episodes or whatever to know that he's still alive, we know he doesn't die. The thing is, like, I have seen a couple of other episodes of Voyager, but I was so unengaged in it. Honestly, I didn't remember I see, I've if seen, Harold I've lived. seen the finale, and I know that Kess leaves and Seven of Nine shows up. That is the only change in the main crew. Yeah, yep. like, I didn't know if, Her- like, I'm like, like Harold, from, from where I'm at, Harold could have died, mm. but I knew that You know he they're not going to do that, and that's just a standard Braga yeah. move, is like, hey, here's some big, major, earth-shattering thing. No, just kidding. And Matt, you you like this episode? Let's let's. I actually really that. enjoyed this episode. Okay, um, it well, starts it starts super exciting just with like everything fucking going wrong. I, that, yeah. I do like that, yeah. and I love any episode where like the the just everything just goes and goes and goes and goes and goes. Um, I like the whole two Janeway thing. I know you guys like see it as a reset button. Which oh no no no, I, no, no. I like the two Janeway thing. I two do like Janeway that. was great. that's actually my good thing. We'll circle back to yeah. that in a minute. Um, but like I like the two ships thing. Um. I just, I like the, um, the, it's sort of like that O'Brien episode where he dies and gets replaced by a spare from the past. Like, right. 
I like the sort of weirdness of like one of the Voyagers and it might be ours, it might not be, or they might both be ours. I'm not sure. See, I'm I'm okay with that. What I don't like what I what I really don't like is when we are following a narrative from point A to point B to point C, but then point B never happened mm. and everything's fine. That's what I don't like. The weirdness is fine, but yeah. Hey, this baby died. No, just kidding. No, hey, this, Harry died. No, 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 just kidding. No, no, this baby died. It's just we have a spare baby to replace. Yeah, but it, it doesn't with. matter because just like as, this Harry died, but we have a spare Harry. We have but a spare. The show's, the, oh, God, that was a long way to walk for that. <laughs> the uh, the thing is, they're never going to mention how he is of himself. He's. It's not like like remember when we talked about Jordy carrying the horrible scars of being tortured mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it never came up again. It's the same deal. Like Harry's never going to mention that he's from a different reality. It'll never come up again. It's just like it never happened. And the thing is, when a baby dies for a mother, there is a psychological and physiological response. Yep. And we're never, that's not going, it doesn't matter because the the baby has been replaced. I just, from from a viewer standpoint though, I feel cheated. I feel like the show got me to think one thing like like it got me emotionally invested in a thing and then said, no, never mind. He didn't get out of the cockadooty car. (laughs) That's that's really it. It's like I feel like if a better writer did this, it would be okay. But because Braga always makes a thing happen and then undoes the thing, it bugs me. Mm. The thing is, if we had some uncertainty, mm-hmm. like where sometimes something like this happens and sometimes yes. it doesn't, that would be different. Yeah. Where, but all that said, I like what Matt said. I do like the weirdness. Yes, like the sci-fi concept of like that's actually not bad. And. The opportunity, uh, get into your, your good thing, because this is like one of the oh, Well, the two Janeways like, are pretty great. And the thing is, I think there's a lot of bullshit in this, but I think Mulgrew, and I actually wrote this down, deserves some kind of award for selling his stupid bullshit. Like, she finds the emotional core. She finds why you're supposed to care, and she makes the characters different enough, and she really makes you like, ooh, yeah. And that scene is so cool. Which one? There's a few scenes between The one them. where they're both like down in engineering talking about who's going to blow up their ship. Oh, yep. yeah, yeah. And she's like, no, no, I'm going to blow up my ship. Well, I don't think that you should. Well, I'm going to. That's, well, I know how stubborn you are. That's too bad. Don't make me have you escorted off of this ship. You know I'll do it. I think your Janeway, Amanda, might be the best one. <laughs> Damn it. I mean, the most accurate one, not necessarily the funniest, but the mo- most like Mulgrew we, without going over. Mulgrew and I actually don't have voices that are all that dissimilar. No, I know. She's just got very different delivery and does, inflection and the, the, such. The place it comes from of being oh, well, you have a husky voice. almost a dude's voice, It's it's uh, yeah. we, we got some similarity there. But she was, she was really good. Like, Mulgrew, I, I complained early, early in season one that I didn't think she was up to the task of being captain, and I've long since taken that back. Mm-hmm. And episodes like this are why. She completely steps up, even in what I think is not a great episode, and Matt, you disagree, that's that's cool. But, like, regardless, she still impresses me even when I'm not buying the story. Yeah, absolutely. She's still just, like... Okay, there's two of me, and one of them is gonna die. Whatever. I, let me. I am a. I am a professional. I will fucking sell this. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, I always felt a little bit guilty for not liking yeah. this show. Uh, the one, the one woman captain. I really should be into her, huh? And I really didn't. But I'm. I'm glad watching it now, where I'm like, oh yeah, I like Janeway pretty good. She's awesome. That's because yeah. she's kicks ass, man. She does kick ass, and a- she's tough. And fo- and focusing on what makes her unique mm-hmm. is like this is, i was the same way with cisco like 
the more they wrote him into situations that were uniquely Cisco and less like he had to be like Picard or Kirk mm-hmm. it was better. And again, with a new captain, they're doing it again. Like her focus is on science and she knows science and engineering best. And that's how she solves her problems. Yep. And I like that. And I like that she's stubborn, but not belligerent, which uh, both Cisco and Kirk, they were both stubborn, but they could be real dickholes about yeah. it. <laughs> no, she's got a bit of a softer touch, but yeah. she's still pretty. She's still mm-hmm. adamant, but yeah. she's not like, well, we're going to be doing things my way. Yeah, now you're just see. Mary. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I like that too. And also... Mermaids, whales, and uh, unicorn syndicates. We talked about this. Um, we talked about this on another thing, which I'll plug in a few minutes. But you and I talk about this a fair amount in, in terms of uh, female representation in fiction and stuff. Is like you want to have strong female characters, but also keep their femininity. And I think that's part of Janeway's thing is mm. like... The fact that she's a woman means that she can be a little bit of a softer touch at times, be more of a mom at times. And because we've got, not everything has to hang on her, too, because we've right. got more we've got than Balana one lady and we got Cass and mm-hmm. the so, rest. <laughs> but that's a lot of the times the problem is you have one lady, and so she has to be everything to everyone, and mm-hmm. you're going to fail at that, because you can't be. Well, yeah, in that in that period of Next Gen Season 2... Yeah. Where uh, Bever went away, Tasha was gone, uh, Dr. Pulaski was a supporting character, not a main character. Pretty much Counselor Troy was the only woman. Yep. <laughs> and it's my only line. And yeah. I like Marina Sirtis. I think she's really good. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Without any other women, she's got to be the one that's all of them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we had Guinan at that point, but yeah. she also was a supporting character. She yeah. and Dr. Pulaski were in the background in a handful of episodes. And I think we had some Roe, too. But again. No, not in not, season two. Yes. Yeah, so, not till uh, season five. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's a lot. That's what I'm saying. We had a period of next gen where there was basically one woman in the main cast, which is not great. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, um, so your good thing, Matt, you basically already said. Yeah, pretty much. I just, I liked this episode. It was exciting. That's fair. I like whenever Voyager. I like a lot when everything is going wrong and they're all sort of in full on running around trying to fix thing mode. I concur. I just, we've talked about this before. If there was more permanence to the danger, if things went wrong and there was more at stake because we know once this breaks, we can't replace it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I would like it better if it wasn't like, well, yeah, things are going wrong, but everything will be back to normal by the end. Yeah. Which is what happened here. Um, This one was more successful at action adventure. Like that's that's supposed to be what this show is about. And this one did a better job of that. Yeah. Though in the third act, I did have a little bit of, oh, get on with it. Well, there, I will give you that there is too much explaining. That's a Braga well, thing. Well, that's Braga. Mm-hmm. Pat it out, and that's, it still doesn't make sense. the no. thing that Jerry Taylor, like, I don't love Jerry Taylor either, but you don't spend a full, like, 20 minutes explaining. No, her bullshit is just bullshit, she's and just she doesn't like, feel the need to justify she's it. She's like, yeah, this is what's happening. Shut up. Eat a dick. It's Star Trek. That's yeah. why. And, like, while I don't always love that, I respect it. It's also less, like, you don't get so mired in it. Yeah. No, Braga's like, no, 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 no. Let me try it this way. Maybe you'll get it this way. No. And the you thing know, is, you gotta understand not... my genius. Brannon. Brannon, we're not too stupid to understand it. Oh. You don't need to teach it to us another way. It's just dumb. I think yeah. you might not understand. Let me try it again from the from the top. Now, uh. see, if the two Voyagers leave Minneapolis uh. going 40 <laughs> miles per hour. Oh, math. <laughs> Oh, man. Wait a minute. No, I am too stupid to understand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let me check. a math problem. Um, I like that the Vidians were in this again. Yep. Yeah. Like, it's cool. We talked about this before. Like, <laughs> I don't hate the Kazon as much as Matt does, but I do think they're hardly a villain. Like, the whole point of them is they kind of suck. Yep. 
And they sure like, do. They're the terrible. Vidians, the Vidians are genuinely creepy. We've said this before. Yep, they're a good villain. And race. persistently, like they have a reason to keep coming at you. Mm-hmm. It's not like the Klingons, where if you step on step in their yard, they get mad. Yeah. No, the the Vidians have identified us as people who have organs. Specifically, one guy who's apparently full of organs that we can take. My organs. <laughs> oh no. Oh no, my everything. But there's also some guys on Voyager that have particularly good organs, so it's worth expending a little more energy right. to, to get them. And in this case, it was just a coincidence, um, because space is small, so uh, Voyager just went by a Vidian area. I will grant that probably, because the, the Federation has this and the Romulans mm-hmm. have this, like probably a lot of people have the capability to monitor when a ship comes through yeah. your space. Mm. And like, yeah, it's big and empty, but... There's one moving object with energy in it. Let's see what that is. Yep. Oh, it's that Voyager ship again. I've got it. I bet it's got some delicious organs for us and maybe yep. a baby we can have. Hey, it's a whole can of organs floating <laughs> through the Delta Quadrant. Also, the Vidians um, have an empire that is pretty scary. Yeah. And they're successful at it. It's not like the Kazon where there's all this like internal backbiting, like different clans no, you've fighting got... and who who gives a shit. These you... guys have a for like a, a reason for their entire society to come together yep. and focus on this. But they're also sort of a weird like organic Borg kind of thing because the Borg just want to consume what you have and so do these guys. Like yeah. they don't give a fuck about you. They want to stay alive by taking your resources just like the Borg. But they've uh, But they're more relatable entire... because they're yeah. they're emotional and they're, you know. They've built an entire empire over this and they have like all those slave caves full of like right. organ guys and stuff, and that's scary. Yeah, yeah. No, like I say, there, there's the aspects of them that work are similar to the Borg to me. Yeah, mm-hmm. in a good way. Like just in the fact that they are relentless because you have something they want and they want it. <laughs> um, no, I've talked about this before. I love the Vidians. Yeah, or the, I had, the Vidians. Vidians. As you I had no idea them. that they were a thing. No, like, yeah. I didn't know. I remembered one of the episodes, like yeah. one of like maybe the first one, but I didn't realize they came. Like, this is like the fourth or fifth time now. Yeah, I knew that the stupid Kazon were a thing, but I did not know the Vidians at all. No, if you'd asked me, I would have thought Voyager was only about Kazons and uh, Monster of the Weeks. No, Borg show up later. We know that. Yeah, but not for like a couple of years or so. And there's a. Uh, this is a vague spoiler because I only remember a little about it, but there's an episode where they discover a species that can take out a Borg ship easily. Oh, that's yeah. That's the new I scary thing. That. Like, and I don't remember anything else. So like, it'll still be. They have like some kind of number name. Species 85549. Eight, yeah. 8675309. Yeah. Uh-huh. Eight, yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. Jenny species. Yeah. <laughs> we are the Jennians. The spinning Jennies. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's what they fly around space in. No, oh, they're the crystal Jennies. <laughs> That's for you, Steven Universe fans out there. Matt doesn't. Oh, someday. One day, one day you'll get it. Your kids you are going to love it. I was going to say that. Uh, Amanda, what was your bad thing? Um, You know, for all that I didn't love the episode, most of my problems uh, were just the, the Braga stuff that you'd already talked about. Mm-hmm. But there was one scene that annoyed me a little bit um, in the... Uh, dead baby Voyager and where everything's all fucked up and the ship's all screwy. We had like one of those sequences where all of the panels explode and Janeway's hair poof comes down and everyone, and she, this time she didn't sort of magically fix it by patting it once. Oh no, um, my poof. <laughs> no, 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 it's Janeway. Oh no, my poof. My poof. Um, <laughs> but then she just, she gets thrown out of her seat because everyone does and they do that Star Trek uh-huh. shaky around thing. And Paris turns around and he's like, you'd better get to sick bay, captain. It's like, shut up. 
Paris. You're not the if, boss uh, of me. <laughs> if Janeway needs your help, she'll ask Tuvok. <laughs> yep. Which, once we play your quote, I think takes us nicely to the Tuvok episode. Oh, yeah. So this uh, this quote basically sums up um, the whole Braga thing. Also, Al did this as a joke. I just saw myself cross the bridge and enter that turbo lift. It was very faint. Almost like a ghost image. Oh, yeah. The ghost that ghosts. That's right. That wasn't my... Uh... That, that wasn't that little video that I made, <laughs> yeah. which I really just made for the live show we did. But apparently it's got a lot of mileage for in-jokes for us. Yeah, it does. That and, oh, no, my lungs. <laughs> jo- it's funny. It's my favorite it's fucking really joke. Funny. It's my favorite well, fucking I'm, Voyager joke, man. I'm glad. Uh, any, any, like, I don't want to necessarily force us to the next one. Mm. But if you don't have anything else, we can move on. Yeah. All right. Let's move on now to Innocence. All right. Innocence. I'm not that innocence. While out on an adventure with a future corpse, Tuvok crashes his shuttle on some sort of moon. But it's okay, because this moon has some sad children on it, who all come out of the woods like creepy munchkins. Luckily, Tuvok is a friend to all children, and prepares to shoot a remake of Three Men and a Baby with three kids and a Vulcan. Back on Voyager, Janeway is aflutter with excitement about the visiting diplomat from some planet or other that shuns technology. But the diplomat diplomat bails after 15 minutes, probably because she accidentally met Paris, who escaped from Voyager's basement after being lured there by the promise of a free bicycle. (laughs) Upset but personable, Janeway prepares to go on her way when she receives a distress call from Tuvok. Shuttle crashed. Send animal crackers. She goes to investigate, only to discover that the visiting diplomat is expressly forbidding her to go to the planet. Janeway considers this and then requests that the diplomat take a long spin on on a sharp post. Meanwhile, back on the planet of the Moppets, Tuvok is insisting that there is nothing in the woods eating children. So, boy, is he embarrassed when two of the children are eaten by the monster at the end of this Star Trek novel. Man, this is a good week for child death on old Voyager. No wonder we have a man on. He and the remaining least edible child attempt to escape and eventually rendezvous with Janeway and the diplomat lady, where the diplomat explains that this planet is th- that the planet is where they leave their elderly who are about to die because they age backwards and the children are actually 90 and wait, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> okay, two two quick points. First of all, Tuvok is really neat. Tuvok is full of meat. <laughs> Because you said he's yes, he is a friend of all children. Second of all, let, let, we already know the answer to this. But Matt, how do you feel about the planet that shuns technology? I don't care for it, Al. Okay, just just wanted to make <laughs> really? sure. Really, this oh. has been your Matt, uh, Matt technology update. That seems against uh, against type for you, Matt. Uh-huh. Right? I feel like so I've unusual. talked about how often I feel like technology is a bad thing that we should throw away. Yeah. <laughs> Quite often. You know what you always are saying is how much you hate phones and you wish people would stop, like, looking at them. And how phage is definitely not a word. (laughs) Definitely not. Well, it it isn't a word, so. Yeah, obviously. You'd look it up on your phone, but you don't have one. Mm, Unfortunately. you threw it away because you don't like them. Right. Okay, so I really liked this episode a lot. It was actually really good. good. Like, not just liked for Voyager, but genuinely liked. Mm -hmm. It's it's totally character-driven, and it's a character I love. Mm -hmm. And we've heard about Tuvok being a parent before and we get to see like what he's like it was it was great he, and, and what he is is my favorite dad yeah. yep he, no 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 Cisco's still better uh, he's my favorite Voyager dad then okay yeah yeah, yeah. well come on there is no other dad mm-hmm. like I mean not even Chakotay he's we, he doesn't have a kid that we know of he has a baby on the way maybe no he has a maybe the, baby they've already said that that's not his baby yeah but she she's a liar that. so who knows okay but she hasn't given birth yet so he's not a dad yet mm. yeah like what I'm saying is nobody like this isn't even a dig at the Voyager cast. It's just nobody else is a dad that we know. Of. It's, it's true. Anyway, 
No, I he I love I could watch him interact with ki- these kids all day because he's just got like he's not a jerk. He's just a Vulcan who has no problem being around kids. Like, well, and the thing is, we we uh, this is one of those things. Like, we always wonder what a Klingon scientist is mm-hmm. like, or what like whatever. And like a Vulcan, pa- yeah. How do you? How are you patient with kids when you're a Vulcan? That's one of those things we've never really seen. Mm-hmm. But he is, and like something that I really liked is that he's really good at the yeah. But why? But if the sky is blue, why is the sky blue? And why are there clouds? And why does it? He rain? just keeps answering. And, yeah, <laughs> but he's totally because patient. This. I can go as. I can go as long as you can. Vulcans love this is <laughs> yeah. like a game for us. Like yep. the why game is like one of the f- more fun things we do. He does basically say that Vulcan children are better than other children though. <laughs> well, I mean that's that's fair for him. That's fair, but also like he could be a little racist, but also Vulcan children are more more in line with what he wants is yes. what he's what he's really saying is Vulcan children are easier for me to discipline because they're Vulcans. Stop I don't know touching everything. Yeah, I don't know. There's nothing in the world crueler than a Vulcan child, as we've seen. Yes, <laughs> Earther, <laughs> fucking Vulcan boy fights with their weird like belts and no pants. Yep in in their uh, in their learning bowls. Right. Oh, I was talking about the animated version. <laughs> oh, that's right. In their creepy tidy whities and belts and nothing else. <laughs> Man, I was so excited when it turned out this was going to be a Tuvok episode. Yeah. Yep. Like that. Okay. The thing is, there's two things. Yeah. One, getting to know Tuvok better yeah. is great. Two, it's also a world building, getting to know mm-hmm. the Vulcans thing better, which you think Spock already took care of all that, but there's still parts of Vulcan we don't know about. And I, I always like those when they're done well. Mm-hmm. Like when we get to know Klingons better through Worf, when we get to know Ferengi better through Quark, like it's good stuff. Yeah. And Spock is, um, is a way into the Vulcan culture, but he's not entirely integrated into it because he's he's half a human well right but we have him lead us to Sarek yeah. and other vulcans who could show us what it's like but tuvok is a, a regular vulcan, vulcan. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. true and he's old like he's yeah. not new at this he's got four kids i yep. think he says four yeah. or five something like that and he's also like 100 years old so like you know and i love him reconciling what vulcan love is because yeah. he is he really cares about his kids, but it's not emotional. He no. feels like they are a part of what he is, though. That I was a that. scene I really liked, too. Just him yeah. talking about him missing his kids. I'm like, oh, poor Tuvok. Well, and the thing is, to them, I think they can separate the emotion from the biological imperative, mm-hmm. which is there are chemicals in my brain that make me want to protect my children because that's how biology works. And it's not necessarily emotional, but, but it's it still, still is. But it's strong. Like, yeah. it's not like um, Vulcans are detached from their children. No. It's not like a thing where it's like, well, we had a litter of 300 babies and we throw them in the sea and whatever. Yeah. Because that could be a way that Vulcans do it, too, is they just like, they don't re- like. Farm babies? Yeah, these maybe babies are not lives. my problem. Yeah. yeah. They go like, you have a baby and you send it to baby camp yeah. and you never have anything to do with it. Yeah, they them send them to the learning bowls. Yeah. But because that would that would make sense. Yeah, that's but true. I like this better. No. And the thing is. People who really understand how the Vulcan, like writers who understand how Vulcans work, know that Vulcans, it's not that they don't have emotions, it's that they, because they're so strong, they are really devoted to keeping them under control. Yeah. And so it's not that they don't feel it, it's that they feel so much that they have to, just, yeah. like, and I like some of the novels kind of flesh this out, like, yeah, they're a telepathic species, they're all about feelings all the time, and yeah. that's why they had to control that shit. Mm-hmm. I like that. I've always liked that. But and then but it's not just about them, it's also about him specifically. And the way he parents might not be the way every Vulcan parents, but I like it. It's, yeah. It's very cool. 
And we've talked about him being a dad before, and I liked seeing it in practice. Like, yeah. it's come up, but it ra- it's it's rarely something that, you know, we see anything of. And just seeing Dad Tuvok is great. Yeah. This is one of the things that Voyager is good at. The Voyager kid episodes have I'm, been... I, you mentioned this, yeah. and I agree, but I'm going to say, on the whole, with a couple of examples to the contrary, but more than not, modern Star Trek, since next-gen mm-hmm. DS9 Voyager has done kids better than they haven't. Like, mm. most kid episodes are pretty good. I'm, th- I'm talking about uh, and- Worf adopting Jeremy Astor, even though he went away, but that episode was good. Uh, the hero worship one with Data was good. Uh, the one where Luxana had the dead daughter was good. All Picard's, the Picard's, uh, Picard's, uh, mm, that one was pretty good. boy, yeah. I like that one. Mm-hmm. Um, Picard's son, Kylo Ren. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but then all the, all the DS9 stuff with Jake, like, yep. in general, modern Star Trek has done children pretty well, I would and say. I naturally do not give that much of a fuck yeah. about kids. I or, think Matt would feel the same yeah, way. Yeah, or You would be right. Kids, <laughs> hey, have you heard how horrible children are? I have. I have. I have heard that. Would mm. you like to subscribe to my newsletter? I never thought Indeed, I, I would. would be the person in a group of three people who cares the most about children, because I don't care much about them either, but I clearly care about them more than either of you. I I mean, you don't actively dislike them, apparently. No, I don't. I have been told I use the same voice when I'm talking to children, when I'm talking to, like, screaming, ranting customers. Like, just the same sort of, like, "Uh uh-huh, yes, I understand your frustration. Please continue to tell me about Elsa from Frozen. Yes, yes. So, (laughs) So, like, Tuvok. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Very calm, detached, I see. And I will just let you run out your terrible hyper-temper tantrum <laughs> until you calm down again. But I like I like these kid episodes. Yeah. I think they're they're good well, and they're charming. The children are written well. They are. They were written really well. They mm-hmm. were cast well. Yes, they were. And the chemistry between them and uh what's his name? I'm drawing Tim a blank. Russ? Thank you. Tim, Tim Russ. Russ. Yeah. That was all good. Like, that's important because at any point, if any of those things mm-hmm. had broken down, it would have sucked. But all those elements were in place. The kids also, they had good chemistry with each other, too. Like, they could, that's true. They seemed like they worked together as kids. Yeah. And they were a little bit, like, there wasn't a lot of time to develop three new characters. No, but we kind of got the gist of mm. it. But each one did, was a little different from the other ones. Did. Is it just me, or did the boy really have a King of Radishes feel yes, to it? Yes, he sure did. The loser of the group. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't thought about it, but yes. Like, the, the, there were, the two girls were a little different, and then yeah. the boy was just kind of a fuck-up, it felt like. He's the heart of the team. I'll make you the King of all Radishes. Oh, what, boy. what was it? The officer in charge of Radishes. Yeah, there you go. Radish yeah. That's another good kid research. episode. Yeah, it was. Yep. That's very similar, but very different. Like... A character you don't expect to be good with kids trapped with three kids. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't like kids, whereas Tuvok does like kids. Yeah. Yeah. Picard's on our side, Al. Yeah, but the thing is, he is one over. I don't like kids so much, Al. I don't know. We're never having any of them. I don't want to. Not even one. That's why I like kids, because I don't have any. Gross. I always, like, my friends with kids, I enjoy them for a brief period, and then I hand them back. Yep. And that's that's what I enjoy. Duncan seems fine. Well, he's 19 years old now. Yeah. But I knew him That's, when he was born, so that you know. seems about right. Yeah, put them in the kid. Farm She's talking about Bob, who, our, our regular guest. Bob uh, is reg- is on the show. Uh, has a grown ass uh, uh, human child, grown ass boy, and he, both his children call me Uncle Al, and I've known them since Aww. they were very little, and this is adorable. They were they were cute kids, and they've grown up to be nice, cute adults, adult and, and almost <laughs> adult. Yeah, uh, respectively, but hmm. yeah, like 
And I'm trying to think my friend Jen has a kid that I quite like. Like, I don't I have a lot of friends with kids, but the ones I do, I like their kids. It's just never bothered me. Mm. But I don't want any because God, no. Oh, can you I imagine? I got a dog. That's plenty. Oh, I can barely handle someone else's cat. <laughs> and that's your wife's cat. Yeah. Well, that's is that why that cat's an alcoholic? Yes, that is exactly why that cat is an alcoholic. She's going to oh. love this episode. <laughs> I, anyway, I can I, hear her grinding her teeth from the next room. <laughs> Poor child rearing. Yeah. <laughs> I I really like this episode. And actually, my good thing is something like this is something I'm always trying to do. Like if there's some element that I'm always complaining about, I'm really looking for a way to not do that. Mm-hmm. Like we did this back in the day with Wesley. And there were good scenes with Chakotay and Paris oh, in this episode. Yeah. Whoever wrote this has a clear handle on these characters and managed to make two of my least favorites briefly entertaining. See, I didn't of, notice either of those. Like Because they so rarely catch my attention. Mm. There is a scene at the beginning when Chakotay is talking to Janeway and he's got the whole story about the first contact and how he was so excited to go on a first I contact mission it. when he was I a junior officer. Yeah. They're going to take me. And then he fucked it up. And I think he didn't he like proposition one of the uh, the alien, oh like one of the yeah that scene yeah yeah by accident yeah yep. yeah and he's like I, I I studied the language all night and I just I missed the syntax and I fucked it all up and oh I was so embarrassed it was a cute story and he actually sold it pretty well mm. and it was a lot better than we get from Beltrain most of the time that's that's very true yeah a little more engaged yeah and uh, there was a scene between Paris and Janeway oh when they're uh, trying to go rescue Tuvok and they're in the shuttle right and he's doing the 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 cross check. And she's like, I think we can skip that now. He's like, oh, all right, you're the captain. And yep. it's, it, was, it was a cute little scene. Like, both of those characters usually bug me, and they were written well, and they were played well, and kudos to these guys for not being sucky for once. Yeah, kudos. <laughs> I just, I feel like, because I so rarely, it's like the Wesley thing before, like I said, like, when we briefly liked Rom, I like to point out when the things that annoy me don't annoy me. Mm-hmm. That's all. Oh, good. So, happy about that. Uh, Amanda, what was your good thing? Well, just uh, some more uh, Uncle Tuvok, where uh, we're down- <laughs> great Uncle Tuvok, great Uncle Tuvok, where we're down on the uh, the planet. Grunkle the Tuvok. Are- <laughs> <laughs> now I'm picturing him wearing a fez. Me too. Yep. Yeah. Um, so we're down on the planet, and the kids say that they can't sleep and they want a bedtime story. And he's like, "Well, I don't know any bedtime stories, but uh, I." sing to my kids sometimes and so he sings them a bedtime story and i just like, assumed they were going to cut away after that yeah. like i just sing to my kids i will sing to you now yeah. we'll be back after these messages but they actually followed through with yeah, it. yeah no he sang a little song and tim russ has a pretty voice and it was yeah. just it was this whole episode didn't have a ton of like deadly danger stuff no. it's nope. like tacked on nonsense and it was a lot of just like Let's character stuff, let's yeah. which is my characters. favorite episode. Yeah. It was just nice. It was a nice yeah. episode. It was very yeah. sweet, but it wasn't like saccharine. I no. didn't hate it. No, the singing part I really liked. Yeah, and if it too. were my episode, that would have been my quote. Because mm-hmm. it, yeah. it felt a little odd. Like they wrote it a little odd. Just so it like, I mean, it's still like earth music, but yeah. it's a little different. And it, like you said, it, it worked with his voice. And, and it sounded a little alien-y. You're yeah. right. The way he the way he did it. Yeah, I just, I, I liked it. And it felt Vulcan yeah. to me. It felt like. I also, he, he made a point, which I never thought about this, but it's obvious now. It's like, yeah, why do children want to hear scary stories right before they go to sleep? That's yeah. stupid. Yep. 
Like, I understand the appeal of scary stories, but not when you're trying to calm your mind to go to sleep. That doesn't make sense. Also, the singing sounded a little bit like Leonard Nimoy. A little bit, he yeah. Does, yeah. Uh, like when he did that, uh, that, Baggins that song. Hobbit song. Yeah. Um, it sounded a little bit like that, which since Tim Russ, like I wouldn't think that all actors would do this, but Tim Russ is so into it. I could yeah. see him like taking some cues from that. Absolutely. Because he's so committed to yeah. making the character real. No, I really liked it. And I, I, just, I really liked it. Unfortunately, my bad thing, and then you get to the last act and it's like, Ugh. oh, but they're actually aging in reverse. So these are old people. Like, what? What? That I, was, hesit- I hesitate to call it a bad thing because it, it honestly, it didn't ruin any of the emotional impact. Like the, the, the gist of the story was these guys are going to die mm. and they still were like, it did. It wasn't a cheat. Like I, my problem was in the last episode. We thought these kids were in danger. That is true. They are going to die. And they didn't take that away from us. They are still going to die. It's just the reason for it was kind of stupid. And, like, I assumed it was going to be, well, they have gone through a portal into a different place or something. And no, yeah. that, did, that didn't happen at all. It would have made more sense if, like, these kids had some kind of terminal illness. Yeah, absolutely. And this is, this is where people go to die. The that might have been, I'm guessing that might have been the original concept, and they're like, whoa, that's too dark. Yeah, no, no, but, th- like, they have a terminal illness, and everyone who dies from this species goes to this place, and so they were taken there with um, some people to take care of them, but that's, they knew they were going to die, I, and so... I like that, but that's too dark, I think. I For, for this show, mm-hmm. I mean. Like, I, I, I feel like just knowing the kind of stories yeah. they approve and disapprove of, I feel like they would think that was too dark. Yeah. But yeah, Aging in Reverse was kind of... It really ruined the last you know, like, bit of this episode. Like, I don't know if you Mork can tell from, from my summary. Or Merlin, or the music, Merlin the Magician. Yeah. yeah. Mork from Orc, I, I think, is the, the better reference to that. <laughs> Come on, don't I have a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, white fans here? Like, the little... Hmm? Uh, the... TH white, you mean? Yeah, not just white, white in general? Yeah, just, just like, the I'm color sure white, quite a lot of our white, listeners yeah. are white, but hopefully one or two are not. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully more than that. Uh, yeah, the little Once and Future King. No, I know what you're talking about. Uh, but a little bit. Mork, Mork from Orc. Once oh, and Future. And, or or Nanu, uh, Nanu. The, um, the Sword in the Stone. That's a Disney movie. Mm-hmm. There you go. I know. People know that. Anyway, um, I like... Apart from that, and it still didn't take any of the emotion away. It, it was still it, just kind of dumb. It really bugged me for like the le- like it took the episode that I was really enjoying and just like oh, so it did ruin uh, it for you. Ninety, whatever. Fuck you. See, that's kind of like we're kind of at odds between these two episodes. Whereas the problems I had with the previous episode, you acknowledged, but it didn't ruin it for mm. you. And now yep. it's the other way around. Yep, I am acknowledging them, and it did ruin it for me. Yeah, and it didn't for me. So. How dare they, you, episode? They <laughs> they said that um, the reason the kids didn't remember is because they're old and confused. Yeah, they act know? like kids, and so <laughs> that's because they they're starting to suffer from some kind of dementia. Which yeah, fine. But then whatever. one of the kids goes, "You remind me of my son." Yeah, yeah like I thought that was yeah. that was not internally consistent. Like mm. all of a sudden she wasn't confused. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, someone told like it. I would have liked it better if they just if she still was just like a kid. Come play like, with me, Tuvok. There were too many things through the episode about them being kids mm-hmm. that it it negated. Like yeah. he tells them, "Well, children are like this," and they don't say, "Oh, we're not children; we're old." No, like, they don't. They don't correct him at any point. Or if they're all confused and they don't, they don't know that yeah. they're not children or whatever, then they don't get to change that at the end. Right. Yeah, no, I I concur. But it like because the rest of the episode was so poignant and good, it yeah. didn't, didn't really bother me. 
I, uh, it really took me out of like what I was enjoying about the episode. That being said, I do jarring. like him going into the cave with the girl. To That's wit. what I'm saying. Yeah. The emotional die. impact was still there because mm-hmm. she's still going to die, which is what we thought the whole time. They didn't take that away from us. Yeah. And she, the, the uh, leader of the planet says it's, it's actually a real honor and a real like, uh, like sacred thing to, to uh, accompany someone in their last moments. And she wants you to go with her. Mm-hmm. Like, that was really, really sweet. And yeah. that's also a good diplomatic moment because someone on Voyager is worthy yeah. of that honor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and of course it's going to be Tuvok or Janeway because there's nobody else on there. There's other characters I like, but those are the only two that were no, worthy of anything. Bell wouldn't be. No. <laughs> hey, am I worthy? Uh, Kess might be worthy. What about no. my worthiness? I like Kess, but I don't. No, we're not even going to acknowledge that guy. <laughs> oh, no, my worthiness. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no, my dead children. <laughs> um, Amanda, what was your bad thing? Um, oh, man. We had some lazy alien design in this episode. I think oh. it's because they're kids and they can't do much prosthetics. Screw that. Oh. Look at the fucking uh, the, the lady in I her, her wispy whatever. Yeah. Well, the thing is, that they, well, for costume design, I didn't hate this or anything, but they look like beekeepers. They did look like beekeepers. <laughs> yeah, beekeepers. <laughs> yeah. Keep bees. <laughs> the planet of the beekeepers. Maybe it's one of those things, like you know how barbers um, uh, were all we're doctors. Surgeons, yeah, um, beekeepers or diplomats. Yeah, all bee- <laughs> politicians or whatever. <laughs> but, no, I liked her. I liked she had a she really was good. Yeah, like good actor and good like. Different perspective than you often get. She wasn't belligerent, but then when you cross the line, she kind of was. And I, I don't know. I like that. Yeah. Well, she was. She was like, "You guys can't just come to our sacred planet." We said no. Yeah. And but then they were when crawling turned- around their moon without even asking, she yep. said no after they were already there. Yep. Stay out of their yard. But yeah. once they, um, but once they said, "Listen, our guy's there. We have to get him." She wasn't like, "Absolutely not. He can die on that planet." She was like, "Ugh. Well, fine. We'll get him out of there quickly." But then stay off well, of then our. Then you really have to moon. go. Yeah. 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 But <laughs> the alien design was like a forehead tattoo with some baby powder on it. Yep. They sw- they did a little swirl on the forehead and called it a day. And then some- okay, so let me, I, I mean, I agree yeah. with you guys. Would it be better or worse if they were just humans with no alien whatsoever? Better. I concur. They should have like given that. it, the, they should have given all the kid baby horns. <laughs> but, or do something, like, this isn't even a bumpy headed alien. Yeah, but the thing is, again, kids. Yeah, but like, the look kids at Alexander. Have a, what's that? Look at Alexander. Okay, from, that's true. Like, mm-hmm. And this is only for one episode. Yeah, but yeah. there's, I don't know, there's, I know there's union rules about how often, ki- or how long kids can work, like, including like their four hours time or whatever, stuff, inclu- yeah, yeah or, like, they don't, they can't work a full day like an adult, and if you're not a series regular, I think the rules are even more stifling. Mm. Which, which is good, like, you shouldn't torture children yeah, exactly. to have them be in a television but, show. Really? Well. Uh, I'm anti-torture. Yeah, I learned something not- new about you every day, Amanda. She's softening. Maybe maybe one day I will be personally anti-torture instead of it as a general rule <laughs> in Amanda, my old age. Amanda, you're becoming more human every day. Oh, God, I hope so. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. During my waterboarding? Yes. I mean, you'll talk and I'll listen. Yes. Get, get in your closet. Okay. <laughs> but um, No, she let me out. I obviously did something right because I don't record in a closet anymore. <laughs> um... But if you can't have alien stuff, just give them a weird costume or something. Mm-hmm. Like this, like was, a beekeeper, like a beekeeper, yeah, like, like the beekeeper, which I didn't hate. It was a little silly, but I didn't hate it. Mm. Also, the um, main alien chick looked; she looked kind of good with that 
veil over her face. It made her look a little more mysterious. Mm. I liked her. And she had really like distinct features that yeah. came out through the beekeepers. Yeah, I, I liked her a lot. Mm. But yeah, the uh, they didn't even put bumby heads on them. No. Nope. Also, two of the alien children are named Jaren and Thala. God damn it. <laughs> more just terrible 90s names. Yep. Jaren. Come on. We haven't had the Jaren in a while. <laughs> Thanks, Jaren. Jaren and Thala. Just no, Jaren, no. <laughs> I also have a note here that um, this is Drill Instructor Tuvok again, only in a different context. Yeah, pretty much. He's nicer to them, but he's still just in Drill Instructor mode. I do not know, but I have been told. Yeah. <laughs> no, I like, and the thing is, they walk the line between it being sweet and funny, mm-hmm. but like they never cross the line of it being like, slapstick because the thing is it's easy comedy we know as comedy writers it's super easy to have chaotic children and a super uptight person watching them that's yeah. that's comedy 101 there but they never make it hack it's always like i wish you would stop doing that mm-hmm. but clearly you're not going to i like when he bodily hauls them apart picks her up and yep. just, yeah but they clearly want to please him too they yeah. are trying really oh god yeah the yep. kids are trying really hard i love that not to disappoint him yeah they, they just this, this is not the kind of kids they are which actually no. kind of leads into matt's quote that's a good does it yeah. yes it does his, his quote is is one of those sequences ah, my quote well. which you will note has a timestamp on it oh good <laughs> al first time for everything <laughs> i've taken to publicly twitter shaming you for that it does work because yeah, it's Sunday night and I got to get the show out because there's people who want it for Monday morning. It's like, ah, god damn it. <laughs> Dig myself into a hole and weep. <laughs> or you could just put the time code in there. Which you will note is here. I will note that. <laughs> now, let's hear it. All right. Tuvok? Yes. Do you have any children? Be quiet. They're trying to attain a meditative state. Good quote. <laughs> good so quote. cute. Nice hat. Everybody laugh. <laughs> Move ball. <laughs> uh, that's all I have. What about you guys? I think that's everything, yeah. Um, I've got um, one more thing. There's You were talking about sort of the little scenes that weren't part of the, the major oh, plot. Oh, like the Paris and the yeah. Yeah, um, the there's a like There's a really nice scene where they bring um, the aliens in to meet uh, the doctor. Mm-hmm. And they're all anti-technology, so I figured, oh, boy. The thing boy. is, they're not exactly anti-technology. They're anti-other people coming to our planet. They're more isolationist than anti But no, they're also, they also have a couple points where they say, listen, um, we used to be really into technology and what until they it solved was, we're not impressed problems. by all your fancy stuff. I, they're, not, they're not impressed, but that's also not what the focus, the focus of their society used to be that, and right. now it's more spiritual but or I, whatever. I feel like they still, they still to, like they well, still I mean, have they spaceships, have spaceships yeah. yeah okay. But they they don't like that's not the focus of right, their right, tech, right, right. of their society anymore. It's more spiritual, and so they meet the doctor, and I'm like, oh boy, here we go. But they uh, the the lady meets him, and she's like, oh well, we believe that the physical vessel that uh, has the spirit or the soul or the consciousness or whatever doesn't matter at all. It's yeah. the actual thing. So you're just so, a guy in a different. In a different uh, skin suit. So yeah, so just fine. like with, with with Data, it'd be the same thing. Yeah, yeah. You've got a different type of body, but you're still a person. Right. And that was not what I was expecting, and mm. it was really nice, and you could tell that the doctor was like, oh, yes, I am. Because, <laughs> as always, he's he's I, excellent. I like, yep. I mean, because he's got Cass, who is the only person on Voyager who treats him like a person and has yeah. from day one. 
So anytime this happens to him, he's really happy about it. Yeah. He isn't. The, yeah, the the girl, uh, the lady playing the um, the, no, the head of the aliens was really good. Yeah, thought she was good. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, is that it? Yeah. Yeah. Very well. Uh, that's all for this time. Like I say, uh, next week uh, we are uh, introducing a new regular guest. Mm-hmm. Our, our friend Tidro will be joining us. Um, also, this week, uh, under the banner of my More Bits podcast, which Matt is occasionally on, Amanda is occasionally on. But, uh, it's been known to happen. Yep. Yeah, I, I interview different people on different subjects. Uh, we have decided to take up the suggestion of a few of you and talk about Star Wars, The Force Awakens. Yeah, so, so check it out. More-bits.com. It's on iTunes at uh, under More Bits. I, it will be posting uh, this week, uh, the, the 14th, I believe, Wednesday the 14th. Mm-hmm. So, or excuse me, Thursday the 14th. So if if that is something you're interested in, hearing the three of and it is the three of us, Amanda joined us for that as well. Yeah, yep. so as. Per Alice's request, all Amanda all the time. Yeah. If you're interested in hearing what we think about Star Wars, look forward to that. Uh, spoilers, we liked it. Yes. So. Shh, don't tell anyone. Yeah. Um, and as I said, we're almost at the end of the season. I believe we have two more pairs of episodes and we're done. So mm-hmm. that means supplemental's coming up. So if you want to write to us. Get those so cards and letters in the mail. Please don't send cards and letters. Cards and letters. Right. Send them send, to Al. Send them to Matt's house. He lives in Milwaukee, Oregon. I'm not going to give you the actual address, but I know it's on lava something. You'll never find me. <laughs> he lives in lava. <laughs> I live in lava world. Yep. Uh, but yeah, postomicor at Gmail, or you could tweet at us. We said how to reach us before. and uh, Or the Facebook page, uh, Algar Productions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and with that, we're going to... Oh, right. Amanda has a thing to plug, doesn't yes, Amanda? Yes, I always have a thing to plug. Plug your thing. When I'm not being an excellent, highly demanded podcast guest, um, I do a lot of photography. I do a photo-a-day blog called Giant Black Albatross, and you can find that at giantblackalbatross.tumblr.com. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Uh, all right, Matt, get us out of here. See you, folks. The Post-Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this.